Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Let me say it more than this. It's not, there's nothing more important and more integral to our walk with God is to be able to assemble together with people of like faith. It's so important. So, so important. And um, we need it. I know I need it. Um, as a person who usually speaks from this pulpit most of the time, um, I need that strength as well as anything. We need each other. So I'm going to turn to the oldest book in the Bible today. It is the book of Job. I'm going to read a few scriptures from there today. And endeavor to talk to us about something that is being under attack in our nation, our world, and it will help us. I know it will could help this world if the world could hear it. So, Job chapter 2 and verse 1, uh, you can stand to be seated, doesn't matter either way, I know we've done prayed already this morning, but... Um, Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to prevent, present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And, he, and Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, excuseth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou hast, thou um, movest me against him, destroy him without cause, and Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, notice that phrase, there's two, two things here I want us to notice, integrity and this word skin for skin, Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, all that a man Hath will he give for his life? All that a man hath, hath he will give for his life. So, you can be seated. Our theme verse has been throughout this. Um, I'm trying to see what he's got something else in here for me too. So. But anyway, our theme verse throughout this has been um, John 10 and 10. The thief cometh but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and might have it more abundantly. Amen. So to live life more abundantly is not something that happens on accident. You cannot float through life and just think that the good things of life are going to just happen to us. It doesn't work that way. I've spent several weeks talking about steps for us to live this Christian life as Jesus meant us to live it. And that is more abundantly. He does not want us to walk, live this life where we're constantly striving and fretting. I know that's going to be a part of life. We're going to deal with it. And I'm not talking about stuff and um, 
dealing with life itself. We're going to have flat tires. Um, sometimes we'll have to have back surgeries, and sometimes we'll um, have issues with our lungs, like Sister Velma's had, and sometimes we just deal with things in life. That's life. That's not, that's not where life becomes more abundantly. Life more abundantly comes in, it's in our spirit. It's in our attitude. It's in our outlook on life. And so I've talked about things like forgiveness, talked about our hang-ups, I've talked about faithfulness, I've also talked about faithfulness in some different, several areas. We talked about prayer, we talked about our spiritual diet, we talked about worship. And the lack of faithfulness in these important areas has had a crippling effect on so many lives. I know my life, and no doubt others as well, but to live the life of a child of God to its fullest, we've got to be faithful in our Christian walk, and specifically to some important things in life. And I've been walking through several key areas to be faithful in, and today we're going to tackle this fourth thing that I had on that list, and um, I think it's a very, very important thing that we need in our life, and that's just simply integrity. Um, I mentioned that in the text a second ago, as we read through there in Job, um, go back to it and look at it again here. Lord said Satan unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and excuseth evil, and still holdeth fast his integrity? The Lord said that Job still held to his integrity. And even went on to say, Even though you have moved against me to destroy him without a cause. This is a conversation between God and Satan about Job. God looked at Job and understood that he had a high integrity in his life. And if you don't know what that is, we'll talk about that. But Satan answered him back and said, Yeah, I understand that. But he said, Skin for skin, all that a man hath he will give for his own life. So, let me use Job here to talk to us about the importance of integrity. But before I do that, let me give us a few quotes that help define what integrity is, and they're just also very powerful. Um, the author C.S. Lewis, very renowned, known uh, for a lot of writings and stuff, he said, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Zig Ziglar, the late Zig Ziglar, motivational speaker, he said integrity gives you real freedom because you have nothing to fear since you have nothing to hide. Stephen Lovegrove said integrity is a life where your beliefs and intentions are aligned with your words and your actions. The late Martin Luther King Jr., great Martin Luther King Jr., he was a great man, said the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at a time of challenge and controversy. I thought that was a very powerful one. Now, Albert Einstein said, whoever is careless with the truth in small matters cannot be trusted in important affairs. That's a very good one. A couple more here. Um, Joanne Wolfgang von Goethe, I probably, I know he's a famous person, I probably botched his name real good there, so, but you can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. Amen. And 
the, the last quote I want to give here is by Alan K. Simpson. It says, if you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. So, integrity. What is integrity? Integrity is a key component for a child of God to live a life of more abundance. Integrity is defined as undivided, complete, upright, and honest. Integrity is defined as undivided, complete, upright, and honest. In a piece, an article that a man, brother, by Reverend Mike Bloom, he entitled this article, Self for Self or Self for Christ. He said this. He said, I wonder what this term, skin to skin, meant. We just read this a second ago in Job. He said, skin for skin. Satan said, skin for skin. He said, I wonder what this term, this term, skin to skin, meant until I came across a man who understood the principle of self for self and the plight of man's sinfulness. And then I connected that with skin for skin in Job. So I'm going to use a lot of this um, article of Mike Bloom's today. A lot of the information that I'm going to be talking about today is, is coming from this man. It's a very, very good to, I think, help us understand integrity today and how important it is to us. Satan is a self-for-self self creature. Now, let me talk about Satan for a second. Because if we're going to understand integrity, we've got to understand the character and the personality of Satan himself. God did not make Satan that way, where he was so self-to-self, or a better way we could say it is selfish. But he became that way. We see the angel, we know him as Lucifer, or as we know him more as the, in his fallen state as Satan. He sought to lift himself up. The Bible lets us know that Lucifer saw his own beauty and his own wisdom. We see this in Ezekiel 28 and 17. It said, Thine heart, this is the writer talking about, um, about Lucifer or Satan. He said, Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before the kings that thou may behold thee. Isaiah talks about it in Isaiah 14, 13 and 14 talking about Lucifer, or Satan as we know him. He said, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. We see this self-to-self attitude of, of Satan here, when he's basically exalting himself, thinking about himself, not thinking about God. The self emphasis was it became Satan's personality. It became who he was. Satan, through this, Satan has now sought to fill our hearts with that same attitude and that same personality. Amen. Satan, we see it in the very first sins of humanity 
we see it in the story of Adam and Eve. He disguised uh, his self-for-self personality nature. And he's trying to transform, transfer this to Adam and Eve. And he's doing it in the form of this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And so Adam and the woman Eve ate of the fruit. And then guess what happened after eating the fruit? Adam blamed the trouble on Eve. Eve blamed it on the serpent. And they became all for their own self. Self for self. Satan pointed out what the tree of uh, the the tree of life, or the some would call the, the forbidden fruit, could do for Eve. And if you notice how this is working, what Satan is trying to do is trying to stop the um, man and the woman, Adam and Eve, trying to stop them from thinking about God and only think about themselves. Because this is what made him fall, and this is a plight in the place that he found himself. But we see it in Genesis 3, 5, and 6. We read the scriptures. For God hath known that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, did eat, and gave it also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Satan spoke this Self for self to Eve, saying, look, he, he told her, said, imagine the advantages you could have for yourself if you must eat this tree. If you eat of this tree, you're going to be like God. You're going to have all this knowledge. And you're going to, and, and Satan successfully, successfully took these two people that was created for a reason and purpose to bring glory and worship to God and to worship God. He successfully got them to not think about God or the laws of God and only think about themselves. And he turned them into this self-for-self type of person. Genesis 3 and 11, we see, it said, And he said, Who told thee, this is God, that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree wherefore I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? And the man said, The woman thou gavest to be with me, she gave me the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. He found that putting people, the devil has found that if we put people in this place of selfishness, this, this self-personality would cause them to focus on themselves, it would turn them and have them to be lost the same way that he's lost. And this is what the devil is still doing in our time. And what this shows us is in a person, it, it, a person obsessed with self will not allow themselves to suffer for Christ's sake. Amen. They're, when a person gets to this place, their infatuation with self won't allow them to deny themselves. And you might be thinking, well, I thought we are talking about integrity. I'm talking about the basis of what integrity is all about. Integrity, the basis of integrity is somebody who, who as, as the definition I give us a second ago, let me, let me go back up here to it and give it to us 
once again, the definition of what integrity really is, is, um, well, I'm trying to find it. Too much stuff on my, my thing here. Okay. Undivided, complete, upright, and honest. Undivided and complete. What Another word we could use for complete here is perfect. It's not perfect in the sense that we're unflawed because we'll never be there as humanity. Undivided, what that means is not, it's not that, uh, it's that we're in unity with God and we're not divided about who God is and the importance of things of life. They're, they're upright and honest. It's somebody that understands that the word of God is the most important thing in life. God is the most important thing in life. And understands that we are going to suffer things in life. And how, how you respond in those times shows who you are. It's just, like, it's just like this. Submission. We don't know what real submission is until there's a disagreement. Amen. You, it's easy to submit to somebody all the time that you always agree with. Amen. But when there's a disagreement and somebody that's in authority to, you, authority to you says, no, you shouldn't do that. That's where we find out if somebody's really submitted or not. It's the same way with integrity. Integrity is not found in the good times of life. Amen. Integrity is not found in the good times of life. Integrity is found in the trials and troubles of life. Because what integrity is, it is that person that no matter what they're going through life, they're going to do what's right according to God's word and not according to their own eyes. And this is what we've seen in the very first story of the first sin of this world. If Adam and Eve had just backed up and said, hang on, wait, wait. God said, no. If I do that, I'm going to be thinking about myself. Now, today I wish our pews was full. But this morning, now there's probably people really sick or really something going on. But obviously this morning, somebody got up and did not deny themselves. I'm glad you came to the house of God today. Amen. Now, I mean, a couple weeks ago, but if Dave had surgery, there's probably no way he could have got here. Okay, well, that's understandable. And, and, but integrity says, well, I don't feel like going to the house of God today. It's pretty. I'd rather go fishing. But integrity says this, but I have an obligation to be in the house of God. Amen. And integrity is like, oh, man, I, I really want to buy that whatever it is, but the only money I have that would take that is my tithing money. And I'm not going to buy that. Amen. Integrity is put online when you're tested. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 23-26, Then said Jesus and disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose his life. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world, lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for so? People who look out for number one, or meaning look out only for themselves, they have a hard time being able to live the Christian life in more abundance. And matter of fact, they have a hard time just living for God. Because here's what happened inedibly in 16 years of pastoring. 
Those people who are faithful to God, people of integrity, people who, when they're going through hard times, they, they love God, they worship God, they do the things that is right no matter what the consequences is to their life, they're the ones that I have seen to be the most fruitful people in life. But those who struggle and they live this life that's so hard, it's that one who is, has that self-for-self -self spirit. And, and in this end time, we're seeing it pushed in this world, this self, only live for yourself, that spirit that says, how many knows what I'm talking about? Do what feels good to you. Do it. As a matter of fact, there's a term. I told my wife last week, it's a term I really don't like. And it's, you got this. I sit all the time on Facebook. You got this. I don't got this. I can't do this by myself. I cannot. I need God. God's got this. When somebody tells me, I got this, if I've got this, I've only got it because I'm holding integrity and God is taking care of this. I cannot do it. Now, I heard somebody preaching this week talking about the Scripture in Philippians. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He said, we take that verse out of context bad. He said, because if you back up in that Scripture, it talks about our attitudes and all these other things that we're dealing with. He's saying, I can have the right attitude. I can be in the right place with God. I can do all these things through Christ which strengthens me. Not all things. And this, in, this attitude is, who cares whatever people think? It's, it's this skin-for-skin skin mentality when we don't think about anybody else and we only think about ourselves. As the, as the one... Uh, a uh, quote that I gave a second ago is the one, this, I'm going to paraphrase how he said it, but basically, you know, you can tell what kind of integrity somebody got when how we treat with somebody that really doesn't, can't do anything for us. Amen. And, and this is how, when we don't think about, we're always thinking about ourselves. So it, it would appear from our text today that Satan felt like nobody existed who had this attitude that of integrity that says instead of self for self but self for others or self for Christ. It's as if he thought that no one could love God wholeheartedly. So he tested Job and Job absolutely destroyed um, this mentality of what he had. And we see all that Job had was destroyed. His livestock, his living, his, his being, all this stuff. His children. Job 1, 9 through 12, it said, Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for not? Has thou not made a hedge about him, about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to the face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that is all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself do not put forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Job's cattle, his servants, and his children, everything slain. But we see Job keep standing, don't we? Then we see in Job... Um, makes it sound better if I do this. Uh, 
Then we see Job. Job 1, 20 through 22, it says, Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And all this, what we're seeing is Job kept his integrity. Even all of his children, all of his cattle. Now, a lot of us, we start losing things when things start leaving our life. If, you don't, if you're not a person of integrity, well, you'll quit going to church. you quit paying your tithes. You'll quit worshiping God. You'll quit treating people right. All that stuff will happen to us because we're so self-centered. But we see Job, he stood strong. Job, his life was messed up. We've seen how he was so torn inside. The Bible says he, he rent his mantle, he shaved his head, he fell on the ground. But Job did something very unexpected. Here's the thing. God knows that we're going to complain. We're human, right? On our best day, we're going to complain. But Job, he no doubt had these thoughts of, oh my goodness, what's going on? But when we can even like take our complaints to God and, and, and even the questions at the end of it, when we can still worship God and say, I don't understand it. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. And we do what Job did here and we worship Him anyway. This shows a person who has some integrity in their life. And Satan could not imagine how anyone could love God that much. So Satan thought, surely... He cannot truly love God like that. And Satan realized that Job, all that he had was gone. His substance, his wealth. But what he also knew was, Lord, you didn't let me touch him. And maybe he, maybe Satan was thinking, Job was, he hated the fact that his children died. But he felt like, okay, I'm not dead. I've not suffered. So this is why I can still worship God. So Satan said to God, if Job was hurt, if his own body was touched, suffering in his body himself, then Job would quit. So guess what happened? We know the story. Job was hurt directly. Then we see his body covered with bulls, we see his wife look at him and said, why don't you just curse your God and die? Can't you see everything that's going on? But Job 2 and 10 says this. He said unto her, his wife, thou speakest of the one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Job still stood strong and he still had his integrity intact. Satan was floored, no doubt. In the midst of all of his suffering, there was something Job loved more than himself. And this is the whole point of what I'm talking about with this integrity today. There was something that Job loved more than himself. Job loved God. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Not known it or overlooked it himself because 
he would have had to see evil people in his life punished by yeah. God by destruction. And he sees himself as like, what have I done? Have I hidden something yeah. in the house of rock? Yeah. Uh, a sin from God thinking that I would get away with it. That's, that's kind of what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 if, you get, if you read through, I'm actually fixing to start reading Job again tomorrow in my Bible reading. But, uh, um, and if you're reading the bread chart, you'll probably fix and read it here this next week. I'm actually ahead of the game on it a little bit. But, uh, but that, yeah, it's absolutely, it, he's like, he began to search his own life. So, okay, God, what have I done? Have I dropped my integrity? What have I done for this to happen? But yet, he was not, as Satan said, he said, skin for skin. What he was saying was self for self. You let me touch his body, and he will lose his integrity. But we see Job become the first real type of Jesus Christ. Satan tried to bruise the heel of Jesus, but Satan found something. That when he bruised Jesus' heel, what did, what did Jesus do back to him? He smashed his head. Satan worked against Job, and it only turned out that Job became stronger for God. Now, we don't like this, but as a child of God, you're going to suffer on this earth. Okay? Let me say this. If you never suffer anything in your life, and everything's always hunky-dory in this life, you better enjoy this life because that's going to be the best there is. Okay? Because Satan doesn't bother anybody that's totally giving themselves to Satan. He'll take care of them. But the moment, how many times in my life have I heard people say, I didn't have this trouble when I started church. <laughs> now you, you'll get about a six to nine months and even a year grace period sometime in your life when, when God kind of like, He puts that hedge around you and He takes care of you. But after a point, God begins to back up and say, okay, I want to check your integrity. How does God check our integrity? He begins to Take the hedge back, just like he did with Job. Let's see what you're made of. God had a lot of confidence in Job. And I'm going to tell you something else. He's also got a lot of confidence in us. Amen. When we're going through trials and tests in life, we need to back up and say, you know what? God loves me enough that he trusts me. And so many times, we fall in the midst of that place, and our integrity falls. And this is when people begin to really struggle because all of a sudden God moves his hand back and saying, look, I, I got confidence and I trust him. He begins to move his hand back from people to test their integrity. And what we find out is Satan comes in and does what he can. We must remember the devil, and we don't like this, but it's the truth. The devil can do nothing to us. He can do nothing to us that you and I, that, that God doesn't know what's going on. And now that's hard to take sometimes. Because when you get into things where people get molested and things like that, God does see it. He could stop at any time, but He also is not going to stop human will. Okay, I know it's a whole other story. I don't want to get into all that. But this stuff that happens to us, if we can hold our integrity, what happens, it makes us stronger. And this is what happened in Job. Satan worked hard against him, but it made him stronger. We see this in Apostle Paul. He prayed for God to remove that thorn in his flesh. We talked about that thorn in his side. We don't have no idea what that thorn was, but God said no. 
2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Listen to what he says. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, Paul said this, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon you. If we are filled with integrity, then you will only be made stronger and walk in the abundance of God when trials and tests, when trials and tests come your way. They will. And when we let our integrity drop, this is where we start having troubles. Now, I could go into a lot of examples about what integrity really is. And, and maybe I will here in a second, but um, let me say more few things about Job still. Uh, if we are that skin for skin, we're going to fall. Okay, we're going to fail. And we see when Job finished, he was blessed with twice as much as he had before him. Job's friends, David kind of alluded to them this. They came by and they tried to help him with that. Surely you have sinned. And we see for. 30 plus chapters of them trying to rest in, in Job and times he's trying to justify himself and all this kind of stuff. And it would seem that they were even sent by the devil, you know. But when it's all said and done, God began to speak in this situation. God cursed them. And, and then when Job, because they kind of got him taking his emphasis off from God and back onto himself where he began to try to justify himself. But then when God began to speak and question say. Where were you when I done this? Where was you when I done that? What he was telling Job. Job, you know you can trust me. And yes, you have kept your integrity. And now then, you, these friends of yours have got your focus a little bit off, yourself, off me and back on yourself. Now, I want you to pray for them. What God was doing to get him to take that that self-to-self -self attitude he was starting to get it on himself a little bit and say, now you pray for these people because they need prayer. Amen. And when Job turned, the Bible said in Job 42 and 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. God not only wants us to be this self for others, but also self for Christ. And He, he wants that. He wants us to have that mentality. Galatians 2 and 20, Paul wrote, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And if we're going to live a life of real abundance, we've got to have a life that's a life of honesty. That's what integrity is, honesty. We're undivided. We're not one day we're living for Christ, the next day we're living for ourselves, the next day we're living for something else. It's got to be a life that is um, mature, it's grown up. Um, we don't let every little thing offend us all the time. It's that integrity where, gosh, I, I, was out, I got out this morning, I walked outside, was, um, we got a pool last year, got it back up, finally. Got it up, ready for the year. It's got a few leaks in it, but it, I guess it's not leaking too bad. We'll be all right. But I walked out there on the deck drinking my coffee and just praying. And I was thinking, man, this is a pretty day. And I had them fleeting thoughts in my mind. It'd be a good day to just go fishing. 
But there's some integrity inside of me that says, no, we have a responsibility to the Lord. Now, not just to people here, you know, but to, to God. For responsibility to God, this is the day. And that's why I began to write in my journal. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad therein. I, I, let me close it today with this. Psalms 41, 5 through 13. It's a lengthy read here, but give me a second. Um, the psalmist writing said, My enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? We see him talking about his enemies. And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity in his heart, gathereth iniquity to himself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease say they cleaveth fast in him. And now that he lieth in his life, he shall rise up no more. Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But Lord, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up that I may requit them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because my enemy doth not triumph over me. You see him start talking about the enemy, complaining about the enemy. But now then you're starting to see him turn that talk a little bit. And he says, but I know that thou favorest me. I know mine enemy, they're not going to triumph over me. And thou, and as for me, thou upholdest me in my integrity. He's saying, I understand they're against me. I can't hardly take this. But I know that you, I know you've got this God and not me. And you're going to uphold me. You're going to hold me up with the integrity that I have. And set me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen, amen. Let me read that same passage. I know it's a little lengthy here, but let me read it again from the message. Uh, the message, it's, not a, it's a trans, not a translation. It's more of an, his own thing. But it's good. I said, God be gracious. Put me together again. My sins have torn me to pieces. My enemies are wishing the worst for me. They make bets on what day I'll die. If someone comes to see me, he mouths empty platitudes. And while the, the, all the while gathering gossip about me to entertain the street corner crowd, these friends who hate me whisper slanders all over town. They form committees to plan misery for me. The rumor goes out he's got some dirty, deadly disease. The doctors have given up on him. Even my best friend, the ones I always told everything he hate, he ate meals at my house all the time, has bitten my hand. God give grace, get me up on my feet. I'll show them a thing or two. Meanwhile, I'm sure you're on my side. You see him turn his, turn his tide. You see him complain, but then his integrity kicks in and begins to pull him out of that place that he's at. Meanwhile, I'm sure you're on my side. No victory shouts yet from the enemy camp. Listen to this. This is what integrity is all about. You know me inside and out. You hold me together. You never fail to stand me tall in your presence so I can look you in the eye. Blessed is the God of Israel. Israel's God always, always Yes, yes, yes. But that part right there when he said, you know me inside out, that's what integrity is really about. It's character. It's what you are in the dark. It's when nobody else is looking. I want to say one of the biggest struggles that we have had in Marion, Kentucky as pastors 
has been those people that want to have a good impression for me and, and my wife. For us. When you are never, ever supposed to try to just look good for us. This is about God. And we see it on Facebook image. We see people that, to see them on Facebook, they're the most spiritual thing in the world. But God knows who we really are. He knows what our real intention is. And what he needs is people that will be like Job when he said in Job 2 and 9, he turned around and looked at his wife said to him, and said, Does thou still, do you still retain thine integrity? She said, won't you just curse God and die? And he answered, he said, Woman, you're just speaking as a foolish woman. He said, What shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? He was just saying, Look, we're going to get good and we're going to get evil from God. And the Bible says he did not sin with his lips. Integrity. People's lack of integrity. I have seen in 16 years of pastoring and nearly 30 years of being in some type of ministry is when people are not don't get a hold of integrity and realize I got to be who I am no matter where I am. I got to be the same. And that same needs to be I'll be honest with you. I, I would rather I would rather see people that's honest and upfront and I know there's issues instead of trying to put a front on and say, oh, this is who I am, but that's not who they are. Because that person's going to struggle more than the person who is what we would say, oh, they're just a sinner going to church. Well, I'd rather see somebody come to church and be who they are. That's more integrity than somebody claiming to be something that they're not. Because that integrity will cause them to live a life that's on a lower level. Because when you're honest and upfront, that will always lead you to where you need to be. Because the first key to repentance is honesty. That's the first key to repentance is honesty. And honesty is a key component of integrity. Because if you can't honestly say, I have a problem. <laughs> then you cannot repent because repent is turning away from the problem the situation so anyway uh, that was next on my list to this and I don't know if I'll continue talking about that on the next next time or not but uh, I'm going to turn this off anybody got any comments and